Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Simon Chan. He's the founder of MLM Nation. Simon is a consistency coach, speaker, and author of the amazing, excuse me, the Amazon bestseller, probably an amazing book as well, uh, The Consistency Pill, The Seven-Step System to Increase Sales and Transform Your Business. Who doesn't need that, right? We could definitely learn from Simon here. He helps network marketers earn a part-time income of at least $1,000 a month by getting them to be consistent, defeat overwhelming and build a successful business online. Simon is best known as the host of MLM Nation podcast, the number one networking podcast with over 5 million downloads that feature depth, in-depth interviews with over 700 top income earners. Simon started in network marketing in 2003 and built a million dollar business with over 200,000 distributors in, in over 18 countries by pioneering online duplication. He retired from building and from building in 2013 to being a full-time trainer and founded MLM Nation. He lives in Los Angeles, three boys who are all baseball fans. With that said, welcome, Simon, to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Rich. It's an honor. Yeah, well, thank you. It's, be, uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Your expertise is something we all need, uh, which we'll get a chance to talk a little about that at the commercial break. But Simon, take us back. Yeah, uh, you know what caused you to start your business? Was it something that you was a following a passion? Was it something you're forced into, or uh, was it easy? Was it hard? Give us a little bit of your background, and your story of how you started your company. Well, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in very um, stereotypical Asian parents, which just pushed me to study, study, study hard. You know, my dad was a doctor. He was basically rags to riches. Grew up in the ghetto in Hong Kong and uh, went to met somebody just studied hard and um, became a doctor. Moved here in the late 60s and achieved the American dream. You know, I was grew up not the millionaire status, but upper middle class. I was always the richest kid in my public school. But I was groomed to, you know, I thought about, um, thought about taking over my dad's practice, you know, and I go get a job, right? Very, you know, the stereotype Asians are engineers, lawyers, or doctors. And I thought I was going down that path. The only problem was um, Asians are supposed to be good in science and math, and but I was terrible in science and math. So I realized I didn't want to be a doctor. So, so I thought about being a pre-law, but I didn't want to do that. And I just got a job working in sports. So I worked at the NBA, National Basketball Association, which was a very low paying job at the time. Um, the good news is it's an awesome, really fun job. If you're a sports fan and you're a big basketball diehard like me, the bad news is there's millions of fans that are willing to work that job too. So it's supply and demand, the salary is not very high, right? But I love my job. And just like, this is way more fun than studying science and math, trying to be a doctor. I didn't really care about the money. And I remember back then, and I, like I had been over 200 NBA games courtside. I, I loved the job, didn't pay me much. But I had an ex-girlfriend at that time that wasn't into sports. And she never really, I was telling her I was meeting with these Players get to go to these big events. And she was just like, well, whatever, whatever. But you're not making much money, right? She never really respected me. And eventually we broke up. 
You know, I guess I couldn't, um, was going to afford, you know, give her the life that she wanted. But she, the thing was she did though, she told me about this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And she said, you got to read this bad book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So after we broke up, actually, I read that book and I was like, oh my goodness. That's why she never respected my job, right? Because I, I thought that you had to work, 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 just like my dad, work for 30, 40 years and then have saving enough money and retire. Or my mentors at that time were like this, you know, upper management, uh, you know, work for 20, 30 years, get the corner office, and then you can relax a little bit. But until then, you work, you know, 7 a.m. to or 8 a.m. to whatever, just work a job. So that book taught me about passive income, residual mm-hmm. income. And as naive as it is, I never knew anything how businesses worked. And I went to an Ivy League university. I went to Columbia. I never knew. I knew everything to make money for others, nothing to make money for myself. I didn't know how entrepreneurship. I think now times are different. Kids are growing at a different age where they actually just, you know, because of social media, they're aware. But business back in the, you know, 80s and 90s, I didn't know anything about what it, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur meant. But Rich Dad Poor Dad said, wow, you can, I can live a lifestyle, make six figures and not work. Build something once, or you can sell it or collect the residual income from it. So I got hooked, Rich. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I researched. I didn't have any startup capital. I thought about, now I have no business experience. So I was like, what can I start? Right. I have no, no, none of my friends were in the business. All my friends were working finance or lawyers or traditional job path. So I thought about doing a franchise, franchising, because that was easy. I thought about doing a subway franchise. They were very popular in the early 2000s, uh, but I didn't have the money and I didn't want to work in the store for seven days a week for the first year before you're going to hire someone. And then I discovered through all these books like from Robert Kiyosaki, Robert G. Allen about uh, network marketing, about direct selling. And i never, no one ever approached me about direct selling. Uh, obviously, I've discovered there's a negative perception about it, but I never, no one ever pre- approached me. I didn't even know what ammo was, didn't know anything. And so I just, but I was very skeptical. I did my due diligence and I got started. Uh, this was back in 2003, 20 years ago. I struggled for months until I had found a mentor that helped me stay consistent. Uh, to make a long story short, I built over a seven-figure business there, had a downline over 200,000 people. And then in 2012, I started becoming interested in doing, I realized I was making a small, my purpose was always to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And I kind of skipped over this, but it's very important. Before I got started in direct selling, I was at a crossroads in my life where uh, I read Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He's a big part of my life, very important. And when I read that book, through the 40 chapters, I realized God's purpose for me was to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And that's what made me choose direct selling was to have make a positive impact. Because if you really want to get the long-term business growth, now if you want to make quick sales, you, you don't need to have a positive impact. But if you want to make long-term passive income, you really have to make an impact on others. So that's how I chose it. And so network marketing is really like a coaching training business. Okay, you, have, you do have to make sales, but you have to train and help others. Uh, and I feel back to my past. I've always loved, even though I'm shy and quiet, I always love coaching, helping. Like I would coach, help run basketball clinics. I, I was like a youth counselor at my church for the teenage kids. I always loved mentoring. So that's how network marketing was a good fit. 
And then in 2012, I discovered I, I wanted to make an even bigger impact. So I uh, started my current company, MLM Nation, which is a coaching company for people in direct selling. So I wasn't just helping people in my direct my organization, but helping the entire you know, direct selling is over a billion dollar uh, industry, helping people in that industry. So that's how we started. And it's been uh, 10 years since I've been a full-time training. This coming April, 2023, 10 years since I've been doing MLM Nation. Well, you mentioned some people, Robert Kiyosaki. I love that book. I've had my kids read that book. I think it's just a fun, fun, great fundamental book to understanding the freedom of entrepreneurship. And uh, I love some of those stories. Rick Warren, I'm a fellow follower of Christ, so we have some commonality there as well. Um, do me a favor, though. Uh, MLM, I consider multi-level marketing. You said it had a negative connotation. Help our audience really kind of separate the two. Because it's, it's, it's you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's direct selling is direct selling, and there is multi-level marketing that is gotten a bad rap out there. So help us get a little clearer about that. What direct selling is like the umbrella that that covers multi-level marketing, right? It, it technically, multi-level marketing is called multi-level is because you get paid on multiple levels, so of commission. So if I train you, Rich, to sell a product, I earn a commission, and you teach your kids, and your kids sell a product. Now I earn from your kids as well, and I also earn from you. That's multi-level. Well, direct selling basically just means that you get paid for anyone that you train. Right, so uh, but it's normally limited to, to to one level. So if I recruited you, Rich, I earn a commission from you. But if you recruit your kids, I normally don't. Or maybe by the third level, your kid rec uh, recruited the best friend. I don't earn from that anymore. I have to recruit another friend. So that's the main difference of these direct selling and multi-level companies. Multi-level, the whole industry started as direct selling. Um, so you recruit 10, 10 friends, you get the commission from the 10 friends, but whatever they recruit, you don't really earn. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with like, to, to make it more attractive, what happens if you get paid multiple levels, right? Ultimately, some companies are always a limit, maybe the seventh level, 10th level is a cap, uh, but that's basically the difference, multi-level MLM or network marketing, they all mean the same. Um, the negative connotation perception comes from the, obviously there's been scams, Right, but they are scams in every industry. There are scams in crypto. There's a lot of scams. There's also the legitimate stuff. There's a lot of real estate scams. There's a lot of stock investing scams. So, the so aside from scams, the big misperception, uh, the big problem is a lot of people are not trained the right way. Right, so they bought the so you know they so someone approaches you, Rich, and they try to recruit you, and. They all understand that prospecting is about timing, right? There was a time in my life I would have never done it. And so, Rich, maybe you say, I'm not interested, but I keep pestering, annoying, annoying you to join. That's where the uh, the big problem is, where people get annoyed at that. And say, oh, my goodness, my friend's in, in the MLM. I got to run away from them, right? So the negative perception comes from poorly trained distributors. If you, like, so some of the stuff that I teach my coaching clients and other leaders teach is like, hey, if Rich is not interested, that's fine. You move on. Because there are a lot of people out there looking for opportunities, like the way I was looking for an opportunity. That's how I got started. Um, but it's you have to talk to different people. And I think that's like in any business, you can't be talking to the same marketplace, right? The same people. You uh, uh, important part of business is you constantly need new leads, new leads to go into your funnel. And uh, most people in network marketing, they don't understand that. 
And I think that's a, a big problem. And like doing it the wrong way on social media is another issue where they all of a sudden, they turn to social media kind of spammy, right? Again, that goes to lack of training. So that's where most of the, mis the negative perception comes from. Does it apply to all products, multi-level marketing or direct marketing? Is it, a lot of people think of the, the new, the obvious ones, the Avons, the Amways, you know, those type of, most people in America know that, but does it apply to any product? Yeah, it applies to any product. It actually, in fact, direct selling. So there's like alarm services. Um, there are, you know, uh, healthcare, there's insurance. There is, uh, you know, obviously the vitamins, skincare, the creams, the shakes. But direct selling, there's so many, many forms of direct selling. You don't even realize. Like, have you ever um, like signed up for a credit card or have you seen like an offer on a credit card? Have you re re recommend a friend and then you get like a bonus off, like a $50 off, right? Or maybe you get a coupon or you get a referral fee, right? If you recommend something. That's direct, that's direct uh, marketing. That's a form. Mm -hmm. You get a commission. So, for example... What was it? I signed up for this health band the other day. You know, if I referred five friends, just send them an email to tell them about my health band, I got like a $20 off on my first month's subscription. That's direct marketing, right? Because I get a 25% off. That is the commission I'm getting for referring a friend. And that's what I talk about. It's kind of like single level. One, uh, You're getting paid one level. In fact, a lot of companies, they start out as direct selling or multi-level companies because Launching company, as you know, takes a lot of marketing dollars to get your product out there. You know, it mm -hmm. takes millions of dollars to get on TV, and most people don't have that money. So they use direct mar uh, direct selling, direct marketing as a way. Actually, I'm sorry, not direct marketing. Direct marketing is another term for uh, lead generation. Lead generation, direct selling. They use direct selling to get the product out there. Uh, I'll give you one example. Is uh, is I think Sprint started in the '80s as a direct selling company. Sprint. Uh, they were a part of a package that was a uh, and then if you refer certain friends, it, exp it, it you know you get a free discount, you get a free phone, something like that. And then once it got big enough, then they actually changed the model into more traditional, uh, a traditional business model. And I think there's a lot of countless other examples that credit cards were launched that way. I think discovered the big part of direct marketing: send a friend this credit card, refer a friend, and then they'll give you like um, something for free, a companion card for free. So there's many, many forms of direct selling. Perfect, perfect. Um, let me uh, let me hit, go back a little bit. You started your business, and I, I love the story. You know, you kind of you were self-made. Okay, read read some books, decided to go after it, and studied on your own. You've been in business for quite a while now. Uh, looking back, uh, are there some things you would say, boy? Knowing what I know today, I would do these things differently. I think the big mistake I've made in the past, I think it comes from um, that's just human nature. It's just a, a sense of, uh, that's a really good question, right? Because I'm admitting my faults here. Would be, this, well, number one, the consistency is the number one skill, right? If you're not consistent in whatever you do, you're never going to be successful. So you got to make sure you have a ha you know these routines and habits in place. Uh, but in terms of like myself, it would probably be the sense of uh, entitlement. Once you get a certain point, you want to relax. And know that it never, you know, there's a saying, um, you have to pay the price for success and the rent is due every day. Mm -hmm. uh, you got you got to do, you can never rest on your laurels. Uh, and Mark has changed just because something worked the last five years doesn't mean it'll work today, right? So you got to stay on top of it. Um, also, the network, is, your network determines your net worth. 
I think that's something that's always challenging for me because I'm a shy, quiet person. I'm not the person that's outgoing, meeting up with people, but networking is a big part of it. And mm-hmm. and I would say if you go back to my um, 20 years ago, I would say, where are you going to be five years from now? And I teach my boys this. My boys are 11, nine, and seven. Where are you going to be five years from now is determined by the people you meet, the places you go, and your personal development, right? So what books or podcasts or stuff are you reading? Where, uh, where have you been? What places have you traveled that opened your mind? Or maybe you've been to a conference, you met someone that gave you an idea, or you become your future business partner. And then the people you meet, right? Because because business is about connections, who you meet. And it's not what you, and it's also not who you know. It's who knows of you that needs what you have, when they will think of you when they need what you have. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I love, I love I know, those I'll, thoughts. I kind of um, messed up that answer that I give you a ton of mistakes I've made. <laughs> well, yeah, it's okay. We're not looking for that whole list. We all have them. Someone you share, some we don't. Um, on the other hand, you did some right things. Okay, you're successful, you're an entrepreneur now, you're helping other people. So what are some decisions you made that really were the catalyst for your success? So a few things right in mind is number one is you have to be different, right? So uh, I read a great book by Seth Godin called A Purple Cow back in 2004. It's about marketing. And it is, you have to be different. If you're going to fit in like everyone else, then, you know, there's a saying, black and white cows, what happens to them? They get slaughtered, right? If you're a purple cow, they'll be like, oh, my goodness. They'll put you in the news. You'll be in some type of museum and exhibit. You get to live. Right. And the same in business. If you are like everyone else, then it's nothing, right? And also, if you're doing what everyone else is doing now, it's probably too late. Another part of something that's helped me out was being the first in doing things. So in network marketing, uh, back in 2004, most people were doing the traditional way, like meeting friends for coffee or going to the home and present, talk about the MLM opportunity. Uh, I was just based on necessity because I was not a sh- I'm a shy, quiet person. I don't like to meet people, but I like to be behind a computer. Uh, I started building online way back in 2004. This was just back in using Yahoo Overture, Google AdSense, um, Google AdWords, and there's, like I said, millions of people who are open to network marketing. I just didn't know them, but I used internet to find them. Mm-hmm. So being the first to do that, and even ML Nation, we were the first to do a podcast interviewing leaders. Since then, a lot of other people have done it, right? Uh, being the first to market, when my, my company was expanding to a new market, I made sure I was one of the first people to get into that new country, new market. Now, that's not to say you, you can't make it big when later on, but it's always the first mover's advantage. And being yeah. different. And when you go to that market, you have to market yourself differently. Sure. And, and it comes with risk and reward, yeah. right? You're, you're Sometimes you're, you're carving out new paths before other people, and some, you get the advantage of that sometimes. Um, oh, you know, but, I, let me add one more thing that's very key. It's like consistency, right? And the reason why, and when I was talking about consistency, I think everything, no, no one knows about it. But really, focusing on one thing, and, and then, so I know a lot of you listeners out there, you probably um, are thinking of starting a business or just started a business. And so easy nowadays that we live in the distraction economy, right? There's so many different ways to do things, right? 
And it's just like the social media. A, a common question is, what's the best platform? Should I do LinkedIn? Should I do a, a TikTok because it's so hot? Or people say LinkedIn is good because I read a course about it. Or do Facebook. You know, if you're getting started, focus on one thing. Get good at one thing. If you have a product, focus on one. Get really good at it. And it's one of my mentors told me that success is boring. It's doing the same thing over and over and over again until you get really, really good at it. And it's kind of like running it by itself you're profitable, then you can go to the next thing. You know, one of the mistakes I, I kind of didn't share that when I expanded new markets when I was young, I wanted to be in every market because it's exciting. And I ended mm -hmm. up never making much money in all of them. I barely broke even. It's when I decided, hey, forget about the other markets. I even let those markets die. I'm going to focus on Malaysia. I'm just going to go there to spend two years of my life and really build that business. That's when things start taking off. So the key, the key is really focus. And the ones, we know, our attention is so easy to get distracted. The ones that can focus today in 2023, those are the people that are going to win. Well, you're a baseball fan. So I know one person told me, a uh, mentor for me said, learn how to hit singles and doubles. The home runs will come when they come. And I, I always remember that because work your market, understand it, be happy with the singles and doubles, build a nice business. And uh, even 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 uh, good baseball players get a home run now and then. So most of us want to go out there and knock it out of the park day one. doesn't happen that way in real business. But I want to take time. Now, let's talk about commercial. Take a commercial break. I know you wrote a book called The Consistency Pill. Uh, if you feel like talking a little bit more in depth about that, if someone were to read that, what would be the outcome from them? What would they gather from reading that book? But also, really, who is your customer? So be, be, be clear on who is your customer. Yeah, I described that for us. So in case any of our listeners uh, could utilize your service. Well, for ML Nation, my customer is someone who's in direct selling and uh, struggling. You believe in the industry. You love your product or service. You don't plan on quitting anytime soon, but you're not getting the results you want. And uh, you're specifically interested to see all these. You see all these great leaders making great money, how they're doing on social media, and you're stuck. That would be my ideal customer. Someone is also doing a part-time with children, doesn't have much time to spend, then uh, just, you are someone that I can help. With the consistency pill, you know, it's the a book, the Amazon bestseller came out last year. And is that the consistency is the number one skill. You know, if, you, if you're good at selling, but you're not selling consistently, you're not going to make it. If you are good at networking, but you're not consistently doing it, you're not going to make it. It's like the best workout it's not going to do anything anything for your body if you're not at it all the time, right? So I'll give you seven components about it. I talked about in the book, basically having a checklist, how to create a routine, how to overcome rejection, how to bounce back, how to find accountability partners. So if you are in any type of business, especially something that has to do with sales and something that you're not excited to do, but you know you need to do it every day, then this book will help you out. Very good. Now, you also do coaching though talk about your coaching practices so someone utilize your service this is one-on-one -on -one coaching group coaching uh masterminds how are you how is it how are you utilizing your business to help others we have two levels of coaching uh one is a group coaching where i you can post and ask questions i answer the questions also do a uh, daily lesson of the day there that's called mm -hmm. purpose-driven networkers and then the other coaching is one-on-one -on -one coaching where you actually get my cell phone and I text you every day to make sure you stay accountable. Uh, you stay consistent with what you say. Because we're all humans. We, you know, even including myself, we all need accountability, right, Rich? We fall off. It's just like uh, I have business. I have a business accountability partner. I have a business coach as well. Same as you have mentors. 
And so that's what for people really want in the higher level. Uh, I have one-on-one coaching. But you know, other than that, I have a lot of free resources. People can just go to mlnation.com and then all my social media channels, Simon W. Chan, and a lot of free resources they can uh, use over there. Now, this is someone who's already in business as a product or service or trying to direct sell. You're not you're not helping a startup coming up with an idea and getting a product launched. These are somebody's just struggling already, moving their uh, you know, increasing their sales. Is that correct? Is that correct? Is that correct? correct. Okay. People, the, the people have, uh, I do have once in a while people outside of direct selling, but most of my clients are in direct selling. But if yeah. you're in any sales oriented uh, and you need, so I just got a great review the other day from someone who's in real estate and uh, I think it's Donald and uh, he was struggling with, you know, uh, what do you call it? Bird, um, when, when you're dropping fires, you know, you have to do, when you're starting out as a real estate agent, where's your clientele? Bird so dogging. He found, yeah, yeah. So he found the book very, very helpful to help him create a routine where he can uh, generate leads every day for his real estate business. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely very helpful, especially if you're a sole entrepreneur. You know, you have so many things, you get distracted. So if you're not consistent, you're chasing, you're chasing that next bird that flies or shiny object that flies your way. Um, okay. You know, you know what? I want to add something, right? Because a lot of you are think maybe thinking about starting a business. See, I was a great employee. I think the way I was raised, I, I was a kid that never wanted to get in trouble. Whatever the teacher said, I'll do. But my parents say, I'll do. So I was always a great employee. But when you become an entrepreneur, we all like to be our own boss, but you also got to be your own employee at the mm. same time. And a lot of times, the boss you will fire the employee you. Because it's so easy to get distracted. Today with a smartphone, you can like you can spend the whole day quote unquote working and actually not get anything done. And that's that's the biggest enemy is conquering yourself as a new entrepreneur. That was my challenge. I that's why I said I struggled for months until someone helped me get me on the right path. I love that. If you're the boss, would you fire yourself as an employee? <laughs> that's that's a great assessment of uh, getting yourself right on track. Okay, so let's shift gears. Um, obviously, you're, you're a man of determination and perseverance. Uh, we needed all that in 2022. You know, nobody escaped. The sales are up and down. We came out of COVID. We've had a lot of adaption, adjusting. So how have you adapted or adjusted in 2022 and heading into 2023? Did you expand, you grow? Did you stay consistent or did you bring a new product line in? Um, and then as a business owner, how did you run your business to fend off all these uh market conditions, but then also as a person, how do you keep yourself focused, trained, your, your mentors, your, your, like, your, your, it sounds like you're an avid reader. What are some things that kept you on track? Well, the first thing that starts with the mind, right? The mind. That's why uh, the most recommended book for all entrepreneurs is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You know, when I first started, I, thought, I just, I didn't know how to sell rich. I was like, I want a book that tells me to sell and get rich or market my business and get rich. What's the thinking grow rich? And why is that the best-selling book? Because mindset is everything. It's 95% of success. So if you're saying, oh, the economy is bad and terrible, what am I going to do? You know, you automatically are losing already. It's like going to, you know, the baseball analogy is like, oh, I'm going to strike out against this pitcher because this pitcher is so hard. You have no chance. You know, so the first thing is having a mindset to know that there are opportunities out there and the, a lot of the greatest companies were launched during tough economic times. Like Disney became great during the tough economic time. The iPhone came out 
during like the really became big 2007, 2009, during the uh, the last uh, bad times, right? So changing the mindset, like during crisis is when opportunities arise. It's also when your leadership, your greatness comes out. And that comes from the way you see it. If you see like, oh, this, if you have like a more complaining uh, or dismissive attitude, then you're going to miss out on the opportunities. If you become more open-minded, it's like, hey, where can I find these opportunities, right? So a good example for my business is network marketing always thrives when the economy is bad because, the, you know, you're, you're trying to recruit people who want to earn extra income. Now, if you ask someone on the street, do you want to earn extra income? They say, yeah, of course. But they may not take action, you know, when the economy is good, they get a nice bonuses, cushy job, they don't have to worry. But when the economy is bad and when prices are increasing and they realize, oh, I may not have my job in six months or how can I afford to pay this? Now they actually, more people take action, join direct selling during this time. So for me personally, when the economy is bad, it's always a boon. It's it's always a boon. Um, But generally, you got to think about you know, staying consistent, it goes back to where you're going to be five years from now is from the your personal development, the people you meet, and the places you go, right? So if you are stuck with all these friends and talking about economy is bad, economy is bad, and you feed yourself with media saying the economy is bad, whatever, yeah, you're going to be pretty down. It's not going to be very motivating. That's why I listen to podcasts. I have accountability partners. I'm in a, I have a coach. And these are the people that we're looking for opportunity. So the people you surround yourself with is extremely important. Right. And when you talk about this, you'll find opportunity. I'll give an example. One of my good friends, my accountability partner, he owns a company, a nutritional company. He has had his three best quarters ever in October, November, and December. And actually, January was his all-time best record. And I've seen him build a company. It was a tiny, it was a tiny nutritional company from a hundred thousand to over eight hundred thousand. And he's grown 30% year after year. Last year, what during when economy is bad, has been his best year. Right. Because, again, he, he doesn't have the attitude that it's going to be bad. He's always looking for new ways. So these are the type of people I plug into. And when I talk to him, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm inspired to think about where else. If he's doing the 30% year after year, how can I do it? Yeah, I love that. I remember I had one guest said, you know, he had a fitness uh, business. And I asked him about this question about the economy and everything else. He goes, you know what? I, did, I just totally ignored everybody else. And I just focused on giving the best service I can do to my customers and his business grew while everybody else was having, you know, wrestling with paying, losing focus, losing consistency, right? Because they were just, the ways of the world were weighing them down. So I love what you got to say. And, you know, uh, it's also going back to the purple cow, right? Sometimes you have to think about, it's more competitive. How do I stand out more? How can I improve my service? Going back to your friend, how can you improve more? Right, maybe other, and if everyone else, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're almost bound to fail. You're the black and white cow that's going to get slaughtered. How can you be a little bit different? How can you do a little bit more? How can you serve people, give a little bit more value? And these are the things, if you just, you know, it by itself may not be a game changer, but you do a little bit more here, there, there, and it compounds. And then it becomes a big, massive result. Yeah, and I think our, you know, our, our country today, maybe around the world, I don't travel enough to really know around the world, but in our country today, uh, we have a, a negative mindset cloud floating around us to do the extra thing, which is sometimes I always say in the service business, just show up or just answer the phone. <laughs> today, it's really more basic that stands out, you know, just yep. that smile, acknowledge somebody's name, just, you know, 
delivered a product like you say you're going to do, it's not as hard anymore, but it's definitely more noticeable today because I think there's so many people with the wrong mindset. So when someone comes yeah. in and they're positive and they, they give a great experience, I think uh, you can really capitalize on that. You know, another thing I've done that's helped me out over the last 20 years is uh, aside from business news, I, I mean, I read the Wall Street Journal. I don't read any other news. Okay? So I normally don't need to know what's happening because the media makes money by negativity. Right. It just gets more views. So when I'm reading about, you know, all these negative bad things happen, like my excitement, you can't help it. If you read about a shooting or something, you're naturally going to feel down. And that doesn't motivate you, right? As entrepreneurs, we have an opportunity to make a positive impact. You can't let that affect your mindset. It's like, if you eat junk, my body's going to turn junk. I'm going to gain weight. If you feed your mind with junk, you're going to turn to junk. So you need as much, especially during this time, as much positivity. So aside from the business news, what's happening in the markets, um, I don't read any or watch any TV news or read any newspapers. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a Chicago uh, sports fan, we had to have a lot of positive mindset. We had 108 years before the Cubs got their World Series. So. <laughs> <laughs> we had you, know, you know what? Like I watch ESPN and it's it's terrible because I go to ESPN.com because I'm a big sports fan. And even most half the stuff there is negative, right? Yeah. You look at the headlines. It's about someone injured or someone just got arrested or someone's been suspended. It's you guys, yeah. I do my best to stay away from that. I love that, right? I love that. Take take control of your own mindset. All right. Speak to the speak to the guy at corporate America sitting there uh, thinking maybe it's my turn. Go start my own company. What would you tell him? Hey, go do it. You you only get to live once, right? Like the worst thing to do, you know, there's a saying by uh, Colin Powell, who recently passed away. He said, more money is lost by not taking action than by the wrong decisions that you make. Something like that, he said, right? Yeah. So what's the worst that can, what's the worst that can happen? Right. So the worst thing that can happen is like, are you deathbed? You're like, oh, I wish I did this. I regret. I wish I've done that. Go do it. And what's the worst thing that happened, especially nowadays in the technology we have is so much easier than 20 years ago when we started rich. Anyone can do anything. Right. You can learn anything you want. Uh, you can go on YouTube. You can go on Instagram. Like Instagram is a great resource. TikTok. Find it. Go see. Live your dream. And, you know, if you're worried about what people think, people are not worried about you. Right. You know, there's a saying um, I teach my coaching members. When you're 20, you're worried about what people think. When you're 40, you don't care what people think. And then when you're 80, you finally realize no one was thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so true. So if there are people, just say some it. of your friends, some of your friends may think you're crazy, but don't worry about them. People like me and Rich, we will think you're awesome. Right. Go that's see right. that dream. Step outside our comfort zone. You have it's not about you, it's about making an impact on others, right? Think about whatever you, if you think about being a business, you have a chance to make a positive impact on so many people. Focus on the others and pursue your passion because you only get to live once. Love it, love it. Simon, how can people get a hold of you should they want to utilize your services? They can go to mmnation.com or just uh, find me on uh, Instagram or Facebook. It is Simon W. Chan, and I actually reply to every message. It may take me a while to get back to you, but I'll reply to your message. I look forward to connecting with everyone. Yeah, great. Well, we'll put all that information in the podcast notes. And again, those things will be aired on all podcast platforms about two, three weeks, as well as those who want to watch this video will be on YouTube about the same time. Simon, thanks for sharing your wisdom. Uh, 
And uh, just kind of taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a podcast coming up, uh, due to your own podcast coming up here shortly. So let's get you over to that, that side. But it was really enjoyed getting to know you. Thanks for having me here, Rich. It's an honor. God bless. Yeah, have, have, have a great day. Rich LeBron here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.